This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. And welcome into another episode of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I am Brandon Spinner alongside Michael Burns on episode 11 here on Wednesday, December the 7th. Michael, how are you tonight? Uh, I'm freaking tired of this rain, Brandon. Please <laughs> oh, yeah, stop. Man, t- whatever they're t- whatever they're paying you, I will pay it double. Ah, uh, but two and a half insult. <laughs> whatever, I'll I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll 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 take it. I'm tired of this rain. We have this new hot tub that I built the special pad for and everything in back. <laughs> I forgot it's about that. It's hard to do that tub. in the freaking rain. It's not enjoyable. We don't get to do that. So please, Brandon. I know you. I know. I know you are. Whatever you predict just happens, so uh, please. Yeah, whatever I predict just happens, and I predicted the same thing here in the Tri-State, and we've had rain pretty much for three days, and it's been gloomy and crummy here as well. Uh, yeah, I, I it's just been like dreary all over the place. Man. Right. My daughter's uh, like, hey, is it nighttime already? I'm like, no, it's just freaking cloudy. <laughs> Well, see, that's the thing. We want it to be nighttime for our daughter because she won't go to bed until she's like, it's not dark out. I'm like, it's freaking 7 p.m. Of course it's dark out. You can't say that. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's been gloomy. I wish I could change it. If I could, I would. But uh, I wish. Yeah, you pay me two and a half times. Yeah, no. What'd you call me, an alien last night <laughs> on Instagram Live? And if you missed our Instagram Live last night, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Barrels and Barrels Pod, uh, where you can get more content. Uh, follow us live when we do go live, and just some other cool, quirky stuff about us. And uh, that's where we do a lot more interacting with you guys, our listeners and our viewers, who also can view us on YouTube as well. Uh, this is episode 11. I'm Brandon, as you see on YouTube, and Michael is off on the right side of your screen. We're missing a third member, and unfortunately, we've got some sad news uh, to pass along on that. Um, Michael and I are here, and that's who it's going to be here over the next couple of weeks, as uh, Kyle has stepped away from the podcast for some mental health and personal reasons. He's got a lot going on, uh, and it was better for him and his family to walk away from Barrels and Barrels for now. So uh, the BNB team is Brandon and Michael, but this poor, uh, as we'll rate here shortly, this one's for you, Kyle. Kyle is who got us here. Kyle got us to where we are right now, and uh, we couldn't thank do you, this Kyle. without him. Yeah, so thank you to Kyle. We miss you, buddy. Uh, but I know he's listening because he's going to continue to listen. He's just got other things. So reach out to Kyle. Tell him uh, best wishes. He's uh, he's a great dude, and we were happy to be part of his team and happy to have him as part of our team. So cheers to you, Kyle. This pour of this bourbon this week is for you. Last week, Mike, we talked about uh, the Christmas season. We what did we do? Christmas desserts last year, or uh, no? Favorite Christmas movies, right? Christmas movies. It was Thanksgiving desserts, Christmas movies. <laughs> Durbelman, uh, very underrated jingle all the way. Uh, this week, I was thinking, okay, is there a tradition you guys do, like, or did you did that that you guys did growing up? Um, that you're continuing or you loved? What's your favorite tradition? Are there traditions that you want to start now with your own family? Like, tell me about that. Yeah, we used to always do Christmas in Chicago because that's where we moved from Alabama from. And so we'd always go up. That's the worst time to go to freaking Chicago was in the winter. We'd drive from nice, probably potentially 60 degree weather on Christmas to six feet of snow. Um, so I always missed home. You know, either I was had friends that I wanted to, 
spend time with in the, during the Christmas break. I was always gone. There was an Auburn baseball camp that all my friends went to. I wasn't able to go to because it was during the Christmas, the time I was in, in Chicago. Uh, but now, I so now because of that, I enjoy being home. My new tradition with my family and my two little girls, we get to be home on Christmas Day, Christmas morning, waking up in their own bed, seeing their Christmas tree. Um, Bonnie got a, 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 a one of the push carts. What do you call it? the car with the, the eyes on the front? Um, oh, yeah, the, the coop uh, car. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kitty Coop or something like yeah, that. I know what you're talking I got about. To, yeah, I, yeah. I built that, you know, when she went to sleep Christmas Eve. I built that and we put all the, you know, the big stuff together. So that's, that's fun for me and my wife to do. Um, and so I just enjoy the new tradition of being home for Christmas. That's a good, I mean, home is where is the most special place in your life, right? Home is where you're the most comfortable. That makes sense. Uh, I grew up with my family. I, we had, I grew up divorced parents, so we had different traditions growing up. My favorite tradition probably was on my mom's side. Uh, my grandparents always held that side of the family's Christmas on the Sunday before Christmas. So whether that was the 18th or the 23rd, whatever that Sunday was before Christmas, this year it's going to be on the Sunday a week before Christmas because Christmas is a Sunday this year. So unless Christmas fell on a Sunday, it was the Sunday before. Uh, and we would always get together. They had this cool thing that I thought was like amazing. And now there's science behind it. Now I realize why science. I loved it. <laughs> but it was a, a like a merry-go-round carousel um, of like stick figures made of wood. Uh, it's I don't know if it's German or Belgian, but I saw it in saw a couple of them in Belgium, and I sent the picture to my grandma when we went a couple years ago. Um, there's like three or four different levels or tiers to the merry-go-round and there's candles on every side and you light the candles and the heat from the candles wafts up into a fan at the top and that fan is what propels the merry-go-round so each, like, around thing that you would ride on a merry-go-round yeah. is a candle yeah uh, oh no no so the merry-go the candles are outside the merry-go-round I'll have to, well, we'll post a picture on our Instagram story or something for those of you listening. Uh, a couple of you might know what I'm talking about, but uh, it's really cool. It's got like a, a a European feel to it. It was just kind of something different that you don't always see. That you remember. Um, as for your Christmas that I remember. Song. And it's one of those things when I, anytime I see my grandma, we go to hers, as I mentioned, every Sunday uh, before Christmas, she always brings it out and I always get to now be the one who lights the candle. So I like that. As far as the tradition here, uh, growing up, we had the elf on the shelf, but before the elf on the shelf was a thing, it's like a different branded elf. You move it every night. Um, and it's watching you like it's reporting back to Santa. Um, and the thing was, my mom started this before Elf on the Shelf was even a thing. Before it was cool. Like, yeah, it was like 1992 or 93, like when I was like a young, young kid. So the Elf reported to Santa. And if, if it didn't move at night, uh, you were bad that day before. So like you were always on your best behavior that day. <laughs> Most of the move. time, it meant the parents forgot. Yeah, the parents forgot. <laughs> now now, now or, that I'm doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or it was a Friday night and you guys, had, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little too tipsy or something like that. But, <laughs> yeah, so we do that. Uh, Aubrey loves trying to find it. And that's a reminder that I got to move it before she wakes up in the morning. Uh, but the yeah, elf you just grab shelf, it and just toss it across the room. doesn't matter where it lands. Well, so the other thing is you're not allowed to touch it because it'll lose the magic. 
and won't be able to get back to Santa to tell him at night. He landed so. on the box of cookies, Aubrey. And <laughs> <laughs> can't open the cookies. Can't open them. <laughs> uh, but I now that I'm a parent, I love having that as a child growing up with it that I can now like, okay, this is something I want to pass along with Aubrey growing up uh, in her, her time. So that's a tradition uh, as well. That's cool. Speaking of tradition, we're t- 11 episodes in. Hopefully it's a tradition in your family to listen to Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball podcast. Uh, whether you're listening on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, this is our call to you. Could you please do us a favor and rate and review our podcast uh, the higher rating it gets and the more reviews it gets, the higher it shows up in other people's this is for you category on both of those platforms. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you're listening on our podcast itself, all you have to do is click the name of our podcast. And as you're doing that, it'll take you right to the page and you scroll all the way down and there will be a five-star thing at the bottom right there. Man, Just I click five-star for Brandon. an interview. I, I, th- yeah, th- this, is, this is also – you can – everyone who is watching on YouTube can read that because Brandon has new equipment now that we can – you can look how pretty he is now with his new camera. This is a professional ca- – I didn't even wash my makeup off today. No, actually, I did that before we started recording. Yes, I wear makeup. Uh, but on Spotify, <laughs> yes, click our <laughs> – <laughs> Spotify, click on our podcast and it'll take you right to our podcast page. And what you do from there is you can rate and review us uh, by searching all of that there. So please, five stars. And if you don't want to rate us a five star and you've got a complaint, email us your complaint or DMS on Instagram. We'll try to fix it. And then maybe you five stars later on. Subscribe to us as well, not only on Spotify or on Apple, but also on YouTube. Uh, that would be great. We're at, I think, almost 30 subscribers on YouTube, but uh, we've got a lot more listeners on all of our streaming platforms. So thank you to each and everyone who've listened. Please review us. We've got two five-star reviews that have reviews on them. We've got a couple more five-star reviews just ratings already so rate and review that would be great that can that be our christmas gift right i, I mean like, that's our we've christmas talked, gift we've, we've got a holiday a christmas a christmas giveaway coming up soon so be sure to listen yeah, for that so, yes so we are bourbon and baseball podcast let's jump into bourbon mike uh yes please this week <laughs> it's uh well before we get into bourbon real quick this is kind of bourbon eh? this is uh, uh, yeah, more, so leading to your Christmas tradition, right? Yeah, so kind of a tr- Christmas tradition as an adult. Um, the Goose Island thing is more of a Black Friday tradition. Uh, a lot of people wait in line on Black Friday for that. Here in North Alabama, we've got a pretty big distillery. Not North Alabama, Here in North in Alabama. Northern Kentucky. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Here in Northern Kentucky. Uh, man, I'm so used to saying that in my. Um, <laughs> Like forecast over the last six coming years. Coming across Mississippi like here, we got there. this cell coming across. <laughs> <laughs> so in northern Kentucky, we've got a pretty big brewery called Braxton Brewing Company. They do something similar to what Goose Island does. They do a, um, a bourbon barrel aged uh, beer. Like They've got a whole different line for Goose Island. Braxton had, I think, seven different beers this year. This oh, one dang. was like an event only event only thing they call it their dark charge line and the b line is um like a touristic bourbon line here in northern kentucky that you can go to there's like 15 stops uh and you can get a passport checked off so the b line beer this year was the chocolate pretzel bourbon ball from braxton brewing company but the cool part is we've got a couple distilleries up here there goes my power rate cap um 
And uh, this beer was aged in barrels from New Riff, Boone County Distilling, and Pogue Distillery. Uh, so those are three of the distilleries. We've talked here. about we've talked about two of them. The third one we haven't. Yeah, Boog. No, I haven't done too much about Pogue. P O G U E. Um, since 1876, so it's an older distillery. Uh, yeah. But this is supposed to be like a pretty dark. It's got cocoa and pretzel. Uh, it's aged with cocoa nibs and pretzel. It says or cow cow c a c a o. Um, but I was excited to grab cacao. this at the uh, cacao. Kapow, cacao. <laughs> uh, uh, so, I was happy to grab that at the brewery last week. Did you stand um, in line was for a, that? You said it was a day-only event. Did you stand in line for that? Yeah, it was a day-only event. So that was the day my daughter had the flu last week, and she wa- she like wanted to get out of the house. And this was after she, the flu oh, had yeah, basically sure. broke. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. No, she literally was screaming and crying. To get I want to go shopping. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, all so right. So you took to fi- go shopping? <laughs> so, yeah, so there was 150 bottles of this both Friday and Saturday. They had 300 total, and they kept them out um, two of those per day. or Two days, 150 per day. And I thought I got there at 250 for a 3 o'clock release, just showing up to see whether or not how bad the line was. I was like 23rd in line. So, and Aubrey was 24th, I was able to grab right? one of those. <laughs> yeah, Aubrey was 24th. <laughs> no, I got another bottle. Um, another bottle? Yeah, Aubrey got church. the second one for you. Sorry. Yeah, Aubrey <laughs> got the second No, I ordered this one line. So the, the first one was a uh, brewery-only release for those two days. The other one you could pre-order. This one is called the Buskin Really Happy Cookie Beer. It's a uh, bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. So supposedly, so Buskin is a very famous um, bakery here in town, and their bakery goods are incredibly delicious. So this one, it's got like a smiley face. That's their logo. They give you a smiley face cookie <laughs> with the beer. But from someone who had a tasting of it the day that they had that um, that party, the VIP event, they said it tastes just like the Buskin sugar cookie. So I'm kind of excited. This is like a new Christmas tradition, like you said. Go find those. But, uh, yeah. So you, maybe, you maybe we'll opening to... those up on Christmas so you, you have a planned date? Maybe one that I'll open up on Christmas, and then you'll be my planned date to open up the other day, uh, the other bottle. Um, whenever you come up and visit, we'll do maybe a, a bourbon two, We've had beer. two different planned dates. I almost came up here this, <laughs> this weekend, previous weekends. Well, your boy is going to have a lot of time off here in the next year because my PTO kicks in, and then uh, also I've got a lot of comp time. So uh, I'll be taking some time off. So we'll have to plan it around when you're able to come up or we can meet somewhere or we can do the Bourbon Trail and do a live podcast somewhere and just plug our mics into a computer and record. But uh, what's going on in the bourbon world? We talked about that release. Let's go into our bourbon review. This week... (laughs) It's kind of ironic. We plan this out weeks ahead. I swear to God, folks. Right, Mikey? Did we not talk about this like two and a half weeks ago when we were planning? Right, out when we, we, were gonna... we we tried to plan out because of the holidays. We needed to plan out when we were doing right. recordings and what we we're going to drinking and what samples of each thing we have. We both have a bottle of seventeen ninety two full proof, but we both got this. Was it last Christmas? When did we get this? No, it was right as you left me in spring. <laughs> I think that's when I gave you the bottle because I think that's when it came. But I think the pre-order was ah, uh, it was late January. Did you ship this to me? Or did we pick it up locally? No, I gave it to you. Like I, I brought it to you. I didn't ship it to you. I wouldn't spend that much. Come on, I'm I do remember. I remember you <laughs> sent me the picture that it shipped. I remember that. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, I had them both shipped in 
to my house. Uh, Bourbon Finds is a great follow on Instagram. And why I say it's ironic is he's currently running the Bourbon Finds Instagram bracket uh, for the best whiskey account on Instagram. I say it's ironic because I made the cut to the top 64 and somehow I made it through the first round and I'm in the top 32. I mean, bro, and you've got a this... reel that has, what, over 115,000 views. Well, speaking of that, go check out the underscore whiskey underscore fly. He just went from like 3,000 followers 10, right? to 10 within the last like mm, five weeks. So... My 2,147. I just shared one of his reels. Was it the uh, don't follow me for like uh, no, I don't remember money? What I forget what it was. But yeah, he, but yeah, 10, he just he blew up. Yeah, he blew up. So cheers to him. But uh, yes, um, 1792. This is a single barrel, barrel select from Bourbon Finds. Uh, and this one is kind of special to the season because, Mikey, what's the sticker on the back say? Rick House Alone. So it's based off of uh, Home Alone, but Rick House Alone. And it's the guy, I must protect this house. And then what's it say in the bottom there, Brandon? Uh, it says, don't worry, the plan is foolproof. Like the bottle, because it's like foolproof. But uh, yeah, pretty cool. I'm a huge, like Home Alone is my favorite. I think that might be my second favorite. We were talking about favorite movies last week, but... It's got. It, I have to watch Home Alone. I have to watch The Grinch is, it is my really favorite. Is it a Christmas I, movie though? Home Alone. Is yeah, it, it's a Christmas season. Is it a? If, it's a. Is it a Christmas movie though, or does it just happen to have Christmas in it? What's a Christmas movie? I I I'll watch it at times during the year, but more so I'm gonna watch it during Christmas. It's a Christmas movie, to me. Are you? Is I, Die Hard I, a Christmas I, movie? I, you haven't... Oh, my... Michael? <laughs> Michael I, Jeremiah Burns. I, I, Your I, homework between now and next week when we record is you have to watch Die Hard. I'm a, I'm ter- I'm a terrible movie person. I, if it has Adam Sandler in it, I've seen it probably. <laughs> but otherwise... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. With let's that, get into the... Brand- <laughs> yeah. Brand new bottle. Just popping it open. First pour. So again, bourbon finds this is a 125 proof bourbon. Um, so full proof. I'm assuming that's barrel strength, right? Full, was is well, there yeah. a difference between barrel strength? I right? didn't think of like I, did, I thought they were the same until you until we say that. But if I Google that could, real quick. So this is 125 proof. So while Mikey looks that up, 125 proof bourbon, uh, 1792. This is Barton Distillery, which is also distributed by Buffalo Trace. They are in Bardstown. Very beautiful bottle. I'd uh, describe it with a circular um, cork knob top. The gold Uh, is very... Yeah, it's uh... gold. The gold shines around the neck of all the bottles that they have. They have different bottles on their line. Um, The color of the neck... Uh, of this one is black. That is the foolproof color. Single barrel, which I've got on my bar behind me. Um, if you see on YouTube, that's the kind of creamish look to that neck. Uh, red is for small batch, and they've got a high rye. They've got a weeded bourbon, which is the um, sweet wheat. 12 years, the gray, I believe, which I haven't come across of. And uh, 
Yeah, so really good stuff. I have plenty of 1792. I think of my favorite. Oh, Bottle and Bond is the yellow one. Uh, I think Foolproof is probably my go-to. Um, so I'm excited to try this for the first time. Anything I've had from Bourbon Finds, which you can find on Instagram, as I mentioned, at Bourbon Finds. Uh, he's got over 100,000 followers. Um, anything I've tried from his has been good. I've had a couple of Nulu picks. So cheers to Greg. I'm excited about this. What did you find on the uh, Foolproof? Barrel proof. So it says the this is coalitionbrewing.com. I've clicked through a couple, but this one says the difference between full proof and barrel proof refers to the strength of the whiskey. Full proof is bottled at exactly 80% ABV, while barrel proof can wildly, widely vary in strength. So, okay, so 80, bottled at 80, 80 APV. So that's 166. Bottled. That, that doesn't follow, because then even the Weller. Bottled at 80. The Weller foolproof does, it, you know, if, it, if there's a definition for foolproof, the Weller foolproof is, mine's 114. Is yours 114? Yeah. I think all the Weller full proofs are 114. Any bottle that I've seen has been 114 at least. Barrel yeah. proof is not watered down at all. Well, maybe this article is just the wording's wrong. So, I don't know. We need to do some more research. I guess that's that. a later date breakdown in research. I would have figured full proof means that it's at the full proof of what it came out of the barrel, and that's what I thought barrel strength meant. I could be wrong. So I guess that is one thing that we're trumped and we didn't do our homework on. And I will tell you, it has been a long week. So our homework may not be as great as it normally is. Um, so my first sniff on this, I got fruit, maybe cherry. I've been getting a lot of cherry lately. Um, but fruit and oak are the first two things. I do get a little bit of baking spice in the other nostril. Like, it, different I, smells yeah different so the other day i don't remember what i was drinking but i got a way different smell with both nostrils than i did with one nostril or the other like, <laughs> i'll give it to you i plugged one nostril if you can't see what i'm doing if you're not watching on youtube i'm plugging one nostril sniffing and plugging the other i def i i mean i 100 get different sense from right does, like how does that make sense though it it shouldn't but it does um I'm not, and then try with both. i didn't do it good in anatomy in high school that's why i went to the math and sciences game so so fruit oak are like the first two that i get i do get a couple of like baking spices hints here um it's kind of a hot like yeah i knows though get fruit right away and then smack with spice it is right it is on the sweeter side. I don't get the I don't get a heavy oak, but I don't I do get a sweet followed by oak as Brandon's taking a, a first swig here. Um, but oh. it's a, <laughs> what you got there. That's buddy? good. That's good. It's hot. It's hot. I did that first little uh, coat the tongue thing there. Yeah. Oh. All right, going for we're gonna go in for a second. Do get a little Kentucky chew. Tell us what you feel. As I clear my nostrils, my goodness. This, <laughs> this is what, what you said, 125 proof. So 125, this is to, so this, this is, is up there. I had a uh, a pour of the 1792 single barrel I have earlier. It's like 98 proof, so this is about 30 higher than that. 
Whew. Uh, first, it's good. It's it's got a lot of volume to it. That may not make Ooh. sense to some of you non <laughs> There's Mikey's reaction. It's got a <laughs> lot of volume. So some some bourbons are thin. Some bourbons are like watery. Some have like an oily. This one feels like it almost expands in your mouth, if that makes sense. Like after that first sip, like it expands and... I don't know. Like, <laughs> so, I, I, stop! Stop that! I'm Brandon. trying not to make it sound dirty. It's got like it's got more volume to it. Like I feel like even a sip, there's a lot more to the pour than just the average bourbon. Right. There's some bourbons that you'll take a sip of and the flavor fades. It sits on your tongue and then it goes down your throat and that's it. It's done. Or even just the trying to coat my tongue because I'm trying to get my my mouth prepared for 125 proof, it instantly slammed into my cheeks. Even though I took the littlest sip, mm-hmm. immediately slammed my cheeks. Um, is that what you're talking about? Is there more to it? Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot more to it. Like, just talking, I feel underneath the tongue, there's a little bit of a singe to it, almost like a... It's warm, but it's, it's not like it's on fire, but like, oh my, like that's different. Um, top of my mouth right away, like the roof of my mouth, which you normally don't. And that's why I say volume. Like it feels like it expands to touch all sides of your mouth as it coats your mouth, where sometimes it's usually just the tongue. Sometimes it's like a cheek. Um, this one almost feels like a swelling sort in a way. Uh, and I've got a lot of oak and plum with that, with a little hint of caramel and almost, it's going to sound weird, but like, a charred vanilla. It's 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 like it's not su- it's not too sweet. It's it's like a it's no. t- an oaky sweet. It's tame. Yeah. Where it's, we've it's tried sweet some stuff oak, in the past, but it's not that was just right. too sweet. This this smells like it's going to be sweeter than it actually becomes. Right. It's fantastic. I mean, I, this is really good. I think that it, we I get that flavor up front and it's like I think you said it slams to the roof of my mouth. Um, last week we did the Heaven Hill, Heaven Hill bottle and bond, Heaven yeah. Hill bottle and bond. And my problem with it was the spice overcame too much of the flavor. And yes, mm-hmm. while this guy is much higher proof, he is spicy. I still it doesn't the spice doesn't overcome my mouth of flavor. Um, it is hot. It is it is definitely hot, but I enjoy the flavor more. This is finish good. is a is very long finish. Um, I almost get like a like an ice cream aftertaste on the back end. Like ice as cream? I'm, yeah, not right away. Like as I talk, like the aftertaste of the coating that it leaves almost has like a ice a vanilla ice cream aftertaste. You know, like when you finish ice cream and you still have the flavor in your mouth, but it's not like. Oh my god, this is ice cream. Yeah, you're you're coated with the ice cream flavoring. That's kind of how I feel that this is with the lingering burn though. Like there's a it's been about a minute since I had the last sip and I feel a a coating that is pretty decent. But on a rating scale, where would you put this? I enjoy this flavor. Um I think that's it, it does have a burn, it's high proof, but I enjoy the high proofs for the for the flavor they really bring. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think it's it's such a great flavor. This is this could be is it, it everyday player for me. I, I could everyday player. Yeah, everyday player. I could fight for him to move up a notch if it wasn't for how hot it drinks. But the flavor mm-hmm. is ph- phenomenal. Can you explain to our listeners and our viewers what our rating scale? So, if this is your first time listening, we do a baseball rating scale. Um, it's a five tiered, five level rating scale, kind of on the baseball theme. Mike, can you break down? a couple of them or go from top to bottom of what these are for our listeners. Yeah. So if we have a pour that is just, we think is top shelf, phenomenal, one of a kind, that's our hall of fame. That's the top. I think that's the top name a baseball player can get. He was a hall of famer. Yeah. So out of all the baseball players that have ever played the game, less than 1%, I think have made the hall of fame. So that's how we're rating our bourbons and we haven't gotten to that point yet, right? No, nope. I don't think so. Nope. I, I don't so. even think we've considered one there. I, I, that that close. So then, of course, after Hall of Fame, which we have top of the top, we have you know an all star. All star is someone who's the cream of the crop, the top guys in our current era. Um, he's he's not an everyday play. He's better than the everyday player. He is going to be someone that you want on your team that season. That you're constantly seeking out, right? Like you, you'd love to have, and it's almost like a goal kind of bottle in a way, right? Like right. you try to, you try to sign all stars. You're not going for uh, just a normal guy. Well, usually you try to get the all star on your team. Sometimes you got to supplement with uh, just an everyday guy or just a bench guy, which is going to be a fill in. But all stars are hard to find. Those are those are those allocated bottles usually, right? Sometimes right. not always just allocated. Sometimes you find a diamond in the rough. But uh, we, I, I think the only all star is the uh, my rating of the King Ranch, right? That's the only one in, in B and B so far. And then what's an everyday poor everyday player? Yes, every so after all star we go everyday player. And that doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to it every day. This is the type of guy that you're going to run out there and you will grab on the shelf. That that bottle is not going to necessarily last long on your shelf, but you're going to go to it and you want that every day. Um, what's the term you use, Brandon, when you go through the bottle quickly? Um, uh, crusher. Yeah, I, and I steal that from John Edwards over at Dad's Drinking Bourbon and Zeke. But uh, a crusher, one that you're like you're you're going to look back at the bottle and like, how did I drink all of that already? Yeah, like I definitely have my crusher right now has been. I got this Old Forester barrel strength. I got this maybe two months ago is all, and it's only got a couple pours left. So that's where I think this differs. So you went with an everyday player. Uh, with this full proof from Bourbon Finds, I'm gonna. Th- I think I'm teetering between everyday player and a bench for the reason that if I had to rate it, this is not one I'm going to every day. I think this is a bit. It's just a little too hot for my liking, and I love the heat. Like uh, my normal go-to pour is like a 115 to 120. Right. But that 131 Old Forester. I would go to day in and day out because it doesn't drink like a 131. It drinks more like a 110 to 115. This drinks like a 125. Not anything against it, but I'm not going to a 125 every single day. I right. love a high-proof bourbon. I love a high-proof rye. But this, to me, is going to get uh, put to a bench just for the fact that I'm not going to go to this every day. I may go once or twice a week, but probably not going three, four, five days in a row for a pour from that. 
Like we were talking about crushers. Look at the vantage. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I sent you a sample, and I sent uh, one other person a sample. But I'm almost done. I got this bottle in October when I wasn't drinking. So October. So it's been si- five weeks, and I've almost drank the whole thing. So Shoof. that's like the definition of a crusher is one that you like. You you keep pouring uh, because you're like that's good. That's good. That's you're good. like oh I want to pour. I want to pour. I want to drink something tonight. Let's change it up. Uh, just kidding. We'll go with this guy again. Right. And not only that, but like you go for a second or a third pour of the same thing in the same night. Sometimes like I like to mix it up, but like, oh man, that that's one that I want to keep tasting and keep going. Um, I don't think that that for me is quite here yet. I love 1792 and I love this pour. This isn't a knock, the bench rating, but it's just not one that I'm going to go to every single day. And a bench rating is just like a bench baseball player. You have them on your team because it has value, mm-hmm. but it's not someone that's always going to be there. I would love to have this on my everyday lineup. Another thing that makes it hard is it's a single barrel select. Right. So you're not going to ever find another bottle like this ever again. This bottle you is You can unique. emulate it. And that's what's so cool about bourbon, about whiskey, is single barrels. They're gonna. It could be one of the best bourbons you've ever get, gonna have, and that makes it awesome. But you're never gonna have it again unless you buy the whole barrel. And that's and that's a usually. little bit of like bur- bourbon. You know, there's the guys who like they'll go to the store, they buy a bottle, and they go through. They go to the store, buy another. Bottle. When you have a couple different bottles to variety through, and you taste the different flavors. You kind of cherish one that you really find and love. Like, right. man, this one's so good. I'll, I have, like, I think it was George Dickel, the bottle and bond. George Dickel's fall 2013 when it was barreled was fantastic. It was fantastic. Everyone raved about it. I think then the fall 2014 one came out right away, shortly after that, you know, hype, and it was a disappointment. Right. And each each batch is going to be different. Each single barrel is going to be different and that's what makes it so awesome and interesting but also like if you find a bottle you try to cherish the ones that you can find because you know that you're probably never going to have the same thing ever again and that quote from the office of andy i wish they could tell us i wish someone could tell us when you're in the good times (laughs) yeah i i wish someone i wish you knew when you were in the good old days when you were actually in the good old days or something like that right um but yeah, that's pretty good. Come on, Tuna. Tell us what the uh, DFA stands for. So we go Hall of Fame, All-Star, Everyday Player, Bench, and finally DFA, which is designated for assignment. We no longer are, requ- are asking for your services on this team. Goodbye. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm taking this to the toilet and pouring it down the drain. Or I'm giving it to my friends who... Uh, uh, don't like whiskey, don't want to drink whiskey, and I'm just going to mix it with a Coke. That's normally what I would call a DFA, something that I'm going to mix with a an, like a, a Coke or give to my wife and say, hey, out of the bourbon on my bar, if you want to drink whiskey, this is the one you mix with your Coke and make a whiskey Coke. Yeah, you give it to your friend who's just, you know doesn't have quite the uh, variety, and you say, hey, man, here you go. This is an extra one I got. Yeah. So that is deep. We haven't gotten one of those either. So I think we've been predominantly between bench and everyday player with, I think the King ranch, the only one that I've rated as a all-star. Uh, Cause I really enjoyed it. And again, big shout out to bourbon and the bro for that. Yeah. That Thank blind you. was, that blind was awesome. That, I think that gives yeah. the label. Off and we've got of another it. one from, 
Yeah, I've got a, another one from da- Daniel uh, at Bourbon underscore Hunt to send to you, um, and we'll probably have that within the next couple of weeks. So, Daniel, I know it's been a couple of days, even uh, probably at this point, it's been two weeks since I got it. I'm going to get it to Michael soon, and we're going to break that down. We've got shipments. We got regular shipments between each other. Yes. It's, it's, it's got it's to find its way over here. Well, right now we're dealing with a, a supply chain issue. <laughs> <laughs> so we move on to the trivia portion uh, of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. It's kind of what I use as our uh, buffer between the bourbon and the baseball. Again, uh, Bourbon Finds. Go follow him on Instagram. And again, as this drops on Thursday, December the 8th, this is a shameless plug. Please vote for me. I'm going to get crushed <laughs> by Brandon, uh, the Daily Dram, but uh, he's a good guy. He hey, works for you thought the same thing company. for whiskey business, and you came out on top. You know what? Fifty three percent of votes. She she I uh, had fifty one percent. I think I won like fifty one forty nine. So it was a very close. Yes, uh, uh, Brandon, the other Brandon. Here's my pitch, Brandon, the other Brandon. He works in Kentucky. He's got the Kentucky background, but Brandon. This guy, I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, he works for uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company. I believe he's the marketing manager or something along those lines. So, shifting the trivia. Um, please don't look this up. Uh, before the Yankees drafted Fred McGriff, Crime Dog, Crime Dog, the uh, former Cub. He also played for the Rays, the Braves, the Yankees. The the Braves and the Rays, the Devil Rays, sorry, the Devil Rays at the time. I can say it. Uh, before the Yankees drafted McGriff back in the ninth round of the 1981 draft, they selected another future Hall of Famer in the second round, but he did not sign with the team. Who was he? In what, what draft? 1981 second round Hall of Famer. He didn't sign with the Yankees. Who was he? Immediately you say Yankees and it comes up in my mind, Joe Torre. I don't know if, if that's far back enough for Joe Torrey to have been drafted, but Joe Torrey is what comes to mind. But mm. judging yeah, judging by your face, you're <laughs> saying no. So my so, uh, one, one B, because I always do 1A, 1B, is yeah. Lou, but even Lou Pinella is even older, so that doesn't work. So you just went with old, Lake, old Yankee managers. That's, that's hey, what we do, if we talk baseball like pre-2000s, like 1995 pre but if we talk any you know, the more current era, man, just like the last week's trivia, I got it, baby. So being that McGriff played until like the early 2000s and Lou Pinello was a winning manager in 1990, I don't think it's Lou Pinello, and it's not. Uh, it, this is kind of a trick question. Uh, it was NFL Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway. Oh, so, so he didn't Hall play baseball. He wasn't no, drafted no, later. Oh. No. Uh, he was drafted in the second round. He just chose to play for the Denver Broncos. So uh, that was our baseball trivia question. Oh, Speaking well, football of football trivia question, if I ever yeah. heard one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he was drafted in the MLB, so it's got a baseball tie to it. So there you go. We're a baseball and bourbon podcast or a bourbon and baseball podcast, however you look at it. Um, Speaking of bourbon and baseball, and uh, a good segue with that is walk-offs and whiskey. Cool shirts. Uh, they're awesome shirts. One of the most so comfortable. Soft. They're so soft, right? Super comfortable. Go check them out. Walkoffsandwhiskey.com. They've got some very funny uh, shirts to check out, uh, whether it's um, whiskey-related, uh, baseball-related. There's one I think I just got. It's called 
uh, calm your mitts because that's something I always say to my wife but, uh, <laughs> with a different word um, when she gets angry. Or there is one I have is his whiskey, 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 but the whiskey is key is what's highlighted on the three whiskeys. So yeah, I love, funny I love stuff my that, shirt. I, I go to yeah. it all the time. So where it's so soft, it fits right. Um, they're lounge shirts. They go out in public shirts. Like that's what I love. I like to lay on the couch with them. Or I'm more than happy to go out in public. And I've got a couple of people who've said, "I love your shirt, man." So, so like you work, good. you work in a suit and in a, in a, in a, a mm. jacket and tie and everything. Do you? Yeah. I have friends. Who, I have a friend who doesn't undress. He wears what he wears to work when he gets home too. I'm like, man, I'm, mm-hmm. I got to change into comfy clothes. I'm not gonna wear my nice clothes around the house. Um, and so I'm always reaching for my uh, my walk off some whiskey shirt. I've got, I think, five or six of them at this point, and it's like a, a, a rotating rotating line. But go to walkoffsandwhiskey.com. Use the promo code BNB for 10% off your order. Again, walkoffsandwhiskey.com. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Great, great guy there as well. He's a huge Astros fan, whiskey fan. So use that promo code BNB for 10% off your order. Speaking of baseball, the free agency period, the hot stove has been Let's hotter. Go. Then it's been in a long time, Michael. We had a huge three or four days here, especially starting on Saturday with the biggest name, I think, on the pitching side. I would say Judge is probably the biggest name of the free agents, but Jacob deGrom started five years, all. Yeah, five years, $185 million with the Rangers. What was your first initial thought when you heard it, and what was your thought on the Rangers rather than the Mets? I I enjoy seeing a big name going somewhere else. He's with, been with the Mets since at least 2015. I love seeing him sign. You know, not not that it's a like, hey, you stabbed your old team in the back. It's exciting for him to go somewhere else. It's you know to choose because this is a time where he finally gets to choose where he wants to go. Free agency is a time where players. Right kind of get to choose you know of course they chase they're chasing money but um so i was happy to see that texas who has is building last year signed Corey uh, seager and marcus simeon two shortstops um to their middle mm-hmm. infield so now they're just adding to the pitching side of things um so they, they i wouldn't say the things I wouldn't say the pitching side was even their worst. I mean, the starting pitching, I don't think it was awful last year. I think it was more of the relief pitching. But they've got a very strong rotation at this point um, between DeGrom. They just signed Andrew Heaney as well. Is it Heaney or Henny? I think, he, it's, I think Heaney. it's Heaney. So a righty um, and a lefty. And he pitched for the Angels to start his career, uh, and or at least start it a big portion of his career. And then he's been with the Dodgers here this past year. He got two years and 25 million. They have John Gray. They also had, uh, Martin Perez, who they had for most of his career. He went to Boston and then he came back. So those are four start starting pitchers that are pretty decent there. Now their relief pitching has been terrible. Uh, I think they lost the most one-run games out of any team in the league this year because they only had a run differential of minus 54 for a team that only won games in the 60s. I think they were 68 and 94. So just think about, okay, yeah. if they lost seven games less so, no, of those one run. Their run differential is only negative 36. Oh, negative 36. Okay. And then the White Sox were what? Like negative 31, right. I think. And they finished. And the Royals 81. were negative 15. 
And the Royals no, were no, negative no, 15. No, the Royals, no. Oh, not the Royals, the Orioles, my bad. The, <laughs> the Orioles. Royals are negative 170. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and they only finished, what, a couple games ahead of the, the Royals at minus 170. But the Orioles were like, what, minus 15? 14. And finished, yep. yeah, and just finished outside of the playoffs. So that's just how close the Rangers were, Pythagorean theorem record-wise, um, for making the playoffs last year. So these will help them. I think they need a lot more work in the bullpen. Maybe they take some of that depth with Dane Dunning and some of those other starters who are on the fringe. Uh, they've got three young studs in the minors. I know studs. Kumar, Kumar, Leiter. Who's the other guy? Call him Witt. Is that what his name is? Cole Wynn, W-I-N-N. Wynn, Wynn. Okay, so I knew so it was... they've spent their last three out of four first-round picks that they had on starting pitching. And, man, Jack Leiter is, the, is a guy everyone would love to have. Kumar, how the Mets let him go over some medical stuff. Come on. Mets going to Met. Mets going <laughs> to Met. Back to the Mets going to Met. Um, but speaking of that, uh, and they're going to be picking fourth in this upcoming year's draft. So they've got another top draft pick that they're going to be able to stock up with. Uh, and we'll touch on the draft here in a few minutes. But DeGrom was the first domino to fall. The second one, falling very early on Monday right after that, was the second best pitcher on the market uh, who just came off a of Cy Young. Some Which you could argue is the the best better pitcher. Right. If you had to choose for the next two years, which is the contract that Verlander got, two years, $86 million with the Mets. And we'll touch on that here in a second. Of the two, who would you rather have for those two years? For two years, DeGrom hasn't pitched a f- half season's worth in three, four years. So Verlander, who just won Cy Young, had uh, had an amazing year at, how old is he? He'll be 40 going in, the, I think it was his career year. I think he had like, what, a 185 ERA this past year? Right, which is so, top 25, I think, in season, yeah. single season ERAs. And he's th- he did that as a 39-year-old. He's going into his 40-year-old season. He'll turn 40 in February. And what's so the quote? He 30. said he wants to pitch till he's 45. So that confuses me a little bit. So is he Tom Brady? Or <laughs> Yeah. He, he took a two-year deal till he's, what, 42? So Maybe he goes he back wants... to Detroit. Maybe he hopes Detroit's good again and that he goes and helps them win a that would World Series. Um, but, but, yeah, I'm taking forever. I think it would too, just for the health reasons. I mean, DeGrom's younger by six years. He'll be 35 in June. He's 34 right now. The price is about the same. Verlander's making 43 a year, which is the second most ever. Scherzer at 43.3 on the same freaking team. (laughs) They're both making 43 mil a year. And they start, what, 30, 32 times a year? Yeah, so they're paying 80-something million for two players who aren't even going to play in half their games. Not even together. uh, Never together. No. Unless they make it to the playoffs. And at that point, you're not getting paid in the playoffs other than those bonuses. So that's not part of your contract. They say pitching wins championships, as we saw with the Astros this past year. So they've got a 1A and a 1B, right? Right. So, But what's behind that? Uh, they did just sign Jose Quintana to a two-year, $26 million deal, which just shows you how high the salary for pitching is now. Like, what you're paying for pitching is Jose Quintana just got $13 million a year. Two years ago, he was signing minor league deals to pitch. <laughs> in, he, on a team. he just made 20, 
He he was rough. He was with what? Who the Angels? And I think he started the year with the Pirates. He'd uh, if you're signed with the Pirates right now, it's just a reclamation project. You're hoping to but he was he was he was fantastic with the Cardinals. So I'll give him his flowers on that one uh, on the second half of the year. So cheers to Quintana, former Cub. Um, best of luck to you. He'll be 34. He's only 34. Well, he will only be 34 going into next season. He was dark, so he's still. He was a dark horse Cy Young candidate when the Cubs traded for him in 2000. What 17? 17. Instead of Verlander, they've got a link there, so they're going to be both pitching for each other. Verlander wanted to pitch for the Cubs, and instead the Cubs traded for Quintana, and then Verlander went to the Astros. And history has been set. He's won two World Series since then. What but, could have been? Yeah, but I I agree. I'll take this is a long way of saying I'd take Verlander over Degrom. Degrom hasn't pitched more than a hundred innings since 2019, back when he had 204. He's been a stud in the innings that he's pitched, but right. he just hasn't been reliable on the mound. And I think that's the one thing that scares me is he's not been healthy for three. 2020 was a short year because of the COVID year, but since then he hasn't been able to consistently put up. Was 2019 his year where he went like 20 starts or something with only giving up one earned run? I believe so. 20, but then he 20, lost. He he only won like a quarter of those games. 2021 was the year that he had like a 1.02 ERA, but he got hurt against the Cubs. And it was like 17 games in, and I don't think he pitched the rest of the season from there. And right. He had the, the first half of 2021 <laughs> – he was the best pitcher I think that had ever played the game. I think that was the statistic that he was going on. But I don't know if he'll ever be that guy again. Remember those trade rumors, Brandon, back to 2015? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. I would have taken him. Yep. Now I would. I, at the time, I said no, but now I wish I would have said yes. But uh, I didn't make those those decisions. Speaking of shortstop, we were just kind of referencing Javi Baez there as Cubs fans. First shortstop domino fell uh, on Monday. Boy, what is it a big one? Trey Turner, 11 years, $300 million to the Phillies. Uh, what was your first uh, like first thought on that? I wasn't too surprised because um, Turner had voiced he wanted to be back on the East Coast. He wanted to spring training in Florida. Um, he was at the top of my list for the Cubs. I think he was the number one shortstop out of the four, Correa, Swanson, and himself. Um, and Bogarts. Um, there was early rumors that he wanted to go to Philadelphia. Kind of cool. We shared it as a story on Barrel and Barrels on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Harper are both back together now from the Nationals World Series yeah. Championship team. Uh, reunited and it feels so good. Yeah. Was Harper on that team? Yeah. He was? He didn't play. He didn't play. He didn't play though because he was hurt. I think. When they I think won that the was World the Series, right? Yeah, um, we've talked about talked about before on here. Yeah, uh, but I mean, tra- consensus best shortstop out there, Turner. Right. I he was the one I wanted, uh, and we'll touch on the other shortstops here shortly. But um, man, good for him. Eleven years though, three three hundred million. He'll be that how speed old when is he finishes? Forty, because he's twenty nine. He'll be thirty in June, so he'll be forty when he finishes that contract. His speed's not going to be as great, but his speed is one of his better tools. But he's a five-tool player. He's got feeling. He can play center field, too, if you yep. need to, in a hunch or in a pinch. Um, but 
classic five tool player, and his speed probably going to play up here the next couple of days, uh, next couple of years, because of the shorter base paths, because the bases are bigger this year, and I believe that pitchers only are allowed two pickoff attempts, and then on the third one, if you are not successful, there's an it's either an automatic ball or the runner gets <laughs> so the next base. I'm I've got to look that up. What I'm picturing is on that third pickoff, if they're going to commit to it. They are whipping that ball over. They don't care if they throw it past that first baseman. It's going to be a cha, and they're going to be whipping that ball over them, trying to get them. So it says a pitcher will be able to step off the mound for pickoff or any other reason a maximum of twice per plate appearance. The limit resets if the runner does advance via steal, wild pitch, or whatever. A pitcher can attempt a third pickoff, but if it does not result in an out, it is an automatic balk. So the runner gets the base no matter what. Oh wow! So, so you so, it's like if he picks up twice, why not go? You're going go right. Go you're going to get, get the pick, jump. Well, what if you if you get picked off or you're out? Yeah, you're pick you you get picked up, then the rundown, and then you're if if you escape the rundown. So you're that on, does kind of look like cool factory. Like if you it's a third time if he's already done twice as a runner, you're thinking I can go. Right. In a way. So the, the thought is that there's going to be more stolen bases. So that plays up to Trey Turner's skill set for the next two to three, maybe even five years, depending on how how those base paths uh, and how long that rule. I'm assuming they're going to stick with that rule, but we'll see. Um, another name off the list early on, was it yesterday, was Josh Bell uh, signing with the Guardians. Two years, $33 million. I was hoping he was going to sign with the Cubs. That's, I think, an underrated signing for a team that was in the playoffs last year who needed some veteran. They were the youngest team in baseball last year. The Guardians? And Josh Bell is, yeah. And they're still the, he's a young free agent, 30 years old. Um, in two years, $33 million. That's not a terrible deal. I, I wanted the Cubs to sign him. He's got pop. He had a great year and was it 2019. He started off the season fantastic uh, and then tapered off a bit. Was it, it was earlier. Like, I think it was earlier, earlier than that. I had him in fantasy that year, and he had off to an amazing start in that first half. was hitting bomb after bomb. Um, and the second half, he just faded. He didn't, he didn't repeat 20, that. 2019, he had 27 bombs in the first half, batted 302. In the second half, he batted 233 and hit 10 bombs. So he faded off, but still hit 37 home runs in an entire MLB season. He's young. He used to be a switch hitter. Now he just predominantly hits from the left side. Um, But he's he was a big pickup for the Padres. He had a rough rough go of it with the Padres with that Soto trade. But uh, I think. He probably would have got a bigger deal if it wasn't for that. But for the Guardians, that is a perfect under-the-table, no-pressure situation. I think he's just going to thrive there. Um, so that's a great pickup. He's been we with the Pirates during their low years when the Cubs dominated the NL Central, then jumped, got bounced around to the Nationals Padres. So maybe he'll, he'll find a home here with the Guardians, be able to know he's playing for the next two years for, for some maybe his final contract. And really take off because he 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 had the hype that O'Neill Cruz has right now with the Pirates as a top. He prospect. had the potential. He had the right. potential for MVP like kind of status if he held it together. He just wasn't able to put a full career year together, um, first half and second half. Uh, we were talking about pitching. Taiwan Walker 
goes to the Phillies four years, sixty-eight million dollars. The price for pitching, man, is four outrageous. Years, Seventy-two million. Seventy-two million. That's what I, I read the wrong thing because he's right next to Jameson Tyone, who I would take over him, and I'm happy as a Cubs fan that we got him over uh, Taiwan Walker. Taiwan Walker hasn't been healthy. He isn't they both the same player? Jameson Tyon, both former Tyon. top, you know, top prospects. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, they had the pedigree of being incredible prospects, but Tyon goes to the Cubs, sixty-eight million dollars. They're about the same age, really. They'll be the same age in August when Walker turns thirty-one. Tyon has the slightly better record. The ERA is about the same, but I mean the Phillies. Seventy-two million dollars for your four or fifth starter in the in the. That's what rotating. I don't know if starting pitching or pitching has just all of a sudden just got expensive this off season. But a couple of guys, just like Walker, you know, so I think a middle reliever signed for like thirty something million. Is for it Tommy Canley? No, it was before that. I can't remember who it was, but it was like he's not even a closer, and you're signing him for yeah. tens of you know ten plus million dollars a year. God, what what's going on? Yeah. That makes yeah, my question. You Clevenger saw what happened cheap. with. Yeah. Well, $12 million for Clevenger is a steal now when you got Can, uh, Quintana for 13 for two years. But um, yeah. So Tyon goes to the Cubs. That was an overnight kind of signing around midnight, uh, Tuesday <laughs> into Wednesday. Four years, $68 million. Tyon was a stud. He was what? Drafted two, second overall, you said? Second overall. Mm-hmm. In the 2010 draft. Do you know what that draft was? That was the Bryce Harper. Oh, Bryce so Bryce Harper, Harper went one, Tyon went two. So that's saying a good and bit. And then Manny Machado went three. So Whew. he's got the pedigree to be a top three draft pick. He he had a decent career in Pittsburgh for four years, and then he went to the Yankees for the last okay, two. Where he's been okay. He was in that Pittsburgh era of of after they done well and the Cubs dominated. So I I I would believe that Tyon. Tayon, 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 Tayon. I think I think he could still have his best years in these next four years. It's possible he's thirty-one, um, and as you see, Jacob Degrom is thirty-four, and he's had incredible years over the last three or four years. So it's possible he's got the pedigree. The Cubs get him in their system, which has been a very good pitching development system over the last couple of years under Craig Breslow. Uh, I think that he'd be a decent. V- decent get. He could be a, a number three, though, in a rotation. I don't think he's a top two. I don't think he's an ace by any means. So he's a top three. The Cubs probably need another ace. Um, and the only one I think that might be out there is Carlos Rodon, and I don't see them signing him now. That uh, That's price tag of starting on. pitching. Yeah. Um, I'd rather them go after the shortstops and maybe trade for a starting uh, an ace starting pitcher at the deadline or maybe wait till next offseason. I haven't looked at – he could be available. The Rays always get rid of the – that would be a reuniting of Glasnow and Tyone, who were both the top <laughs> starters for the Pirates. Cool to pitch that against um, the Pirates. Yeah. But uh, speaking of the Cubs, they made a very big signing. I think it's a very big signing. Dropping on Tuesday – Cody Bellinger, one-year deal, $17.5 million. Uh, he is going to be the center fielder slash, I think, first baseman for the Cubs. I'm more excited than I see a lot of Cubs fans about this. I think a lot of people are giving him too much grief and too much crap for being uh, rough over the last two years. He's a former MVP. 
And rookie of the year. Yeah, I I I think this is a turn. Gold sh- Glover showing what hey that a player a star a potential star player believes that the Cubs are on their way up. This is well, the same had, thing. Right. You know, he had 10, 11 teams looking into trying to sign him this year, and he signed with they, the Cubs. Right. I'm sure they so, all offered him similar money. <laughs> Probably, probably, unless you were the Marlins and the Rays, and they were probably like, "We'll give you three million dollars." <laughs> but you'll be the star. So here's a lot of people are complaining. Oh, that's a lot of money for a guy who's been terrible the last couple of years. Okay, he had a shoulder injury in 2020 during the World Series, I believe, is when the injury the injury that happened. I think in the NLCS. Right the the 2020 <laughs> NLCS is when he got hurt. He had a rough World Series, but he still hit. What twelve home runs a year, decent amount in yeah, right in twenty twenty the short in twenty twenty in the shortened season fifty six so times that by three that's thirty six home runs. Um, if you were to exacerbate it out to a uh, one hundred sixty two game season, and then he got hurt in the playoffs. He had shoulder surgery. The COVID thing. Who knows if he had COVID? That changes the whole dynamics of someone's body. From what people have said, some people are still dealing with long COVID. So who knows? I'm not going to use that as an excuse, uh, but. He's a former MVP. It's not like he just all of a sudden stopped being able to play. He had 19 home runs last year. He was a 1.7 war player. He's 27 years old. He's a child. He's, still, he's the youngest free agent out there, and it's not like a one-year deal is a bad deal, right? No. I mean, even if the if the Cubs, are, they're trying to – this is a decision year where they're going to say, hey, we're competitive. Things are clicking with our kids and such. Um, and we're competitive. It's great if Cody Bellinger goes and fights for his next contract. If the Cubs aren't doing well and Cody is doing well, then, hey, we sell him off for future pieces again at the deadline. Or if Bellinger does bad, then he's off the books next year. Not a big deal. Right, $17.5 million for one year. If they have a great year and he has a great year as well, uh, and he wants to go off on a different path, guess what? They give him a qualifying offer. If he has a great year and they like him, he's in the building already. So he already knows what the culture is like. He knows what it's like, and he's going to say, okay, yeah, I'll give you a deal. I'll, I'll sign here maybe for $20 million overall less than what I was going to be paid because I like it here. I trust you guys here. It happened with Jason Hayward, 2016. Right. He took less right. money to come to the Cubs. So... That didn't work out, but not everybody's going to work out. And who knows? He's a gold glove defender, and he can play center field. He can play first base if you need him to step in. I will take him over Kevin Kiermaier, you know, who they were linked to. He was more of a glove-first guy. He he didn't have power. I will take Cody Bellinger smacking a home run every now and then because in today's age, the the old 300 hitter is now the new 280. 280 is now 260. even 265. Yeah, right. Kyle so, Schwarber hit how many home runs this year? And only about like 245. Or was it that low? I, I thought it was 240. It, it but might still, have been. like 223. But if it wasn't for Judge, um, he led the league in home runs in 40, uh, 47, 48. And hey, Cubs fans who are complaining, name me a left handed power hitter in that lineup <laughs> uh, last year. Did we hit what? what still. Power in the stats of grounding into double plays, Jason Hayward. <laughs> it, Raphael Ortega? I, 
I get. I think Ortega was probably the guy with the most home runs from the left side. Uh, Ian Happ. Okay, I'll take that back. But he was a switch hitter. But, but that's it. Other than, but other than Ian Happ, you didn't have a reliable left-handed hitter. So now you're going to have someone who can hit home runs, put them in the bleachers, put them in, on shelf field. Uh, Cody Bellinger. And again, if it doesn't work out, it's a one-year deal. I don't understand why so many people are freaking out about that Cody Bellinger signed with this team. He's a former MVP. He's 27 years old. Give him a chance. And if it doesn't work out, guess what? Josh Donaldson didn't break out until he was, what, 27, 29 years old. Right. Edwin and Carlos DeAndre hit 40 home runs until he was 27, 29 years old. Right. So, Cody Bellinger, I think he's a better signing than a lot of people give him credit for. Speaking of outfielders, Mitch Hanniger uh, goes to the Giants on a three-year, $43.5 million deal. And I think that was the writing on the wall last night when we were on Instagram Live that told us, Aaron Judge is heading back to the New York Yankees on the largest annual average contract for a hitter or a non-pitcher at nine years and three hundred and sixty-three million dollars. Yeah, we were we were chatting last night for the during the MLB draft lottery, and something hit Hanager signed, and you had asked, "Hey, is that the? Do you think that's the writing on the wall for that Judge isn't coming back?" And that was the same thing last year. Freddie Freeman was, is he coming back to the Braves? Are the Braves going to finally bring him back? And all of a sudden, the Braves traded for Matt Olson, And that you knew, oh, that's the sign. Right the then. Braves have moved on. And that's, I mm-hmm. think, what was a sign for the Giants. Because then shortly, this mo- the next few hours, maybe Judge went to bed early that night. But uh, this morning, yeah. this morning, right? Yeah, it was early this morning. I think it was about 8 o'clock that I saw the notification on Eastern Time. So it was probably 7 a.m. Central Time. Uh, and on the West Coast where they're at uh, for the winter meetings. It was probably before sunrise. But uh, nine years, 30, $360 million, That's $40 million a year. Barry Bonds, when he signed his contract to be with the Giants in the 1990s, for six years, $43 million total. Aaron Judge might make that. 43. <laughs> that's what Mitch, Mitch Hanner just got in three years. In <laughs> three years. And he's nowhere near Barry Bonds. He's not even a superstar. All right. So, uh, Aaron Judge, talk about betting on yourself and winning and being right. Whew. What was he offered in uh, seven years? Season? What? 215? 220? Seven and something. He gained himself and, two years in 143 million. Yeah, so that's talk about betting on yourself and and winning. Good out. for him. Uh, Kenley Jansen, the best reliever so far to sign two years, thirty two million to the Boston Red Sox, who had a terrible year bullpen wise. I know they went bullpen bullpen by committee. They closer had, by uh, committee. Closer by closer committee. by yeah. Closer by committee. My bad. Uh, that bullpen was probably one of their weaker spots. Uh, they lost. A lot of games, right? They or at had, least blew they a lot of games. They had 28 blown saves, which you, you – 28 blown lot. saves, which you, I think they had to have lead, led the league in that. But they're not even the top five for most blown saves. Um, Are you serious? The Rays actually lead the league with blown saves in 2022, 36 out of 80 save opportunities. <laughs> 36. So we don't know. We don't That's know if they that lost all to. those games, but imagine th- right. adding just 36 wins. If you had a. The team that right. at the bottom of this list is the Orioles at 13. I couldn't even name the Orioles closer. Can you name the Orioles closer? 
Was it uh, Jay? Um, yeah, it, Pablo Lopez, right? Is it who it was Pablo Lopez? And then get traded to the, the Twins. Marlins. There, there was a Pablo something or something Lopez who got traded to the Twins. That was their closer for the first half of the season, and they traded him to the Twins with uh, their sell-off. I don't remember. I thought it was. T- is it Taylor Lopez? It's Taylor Rogers. Uh, maybe with the Giants. It. No. Uh, uh, and then there's t- you, there's brothers Taylor Rogers and Taylor. There's their brothers Rogers and Rogers. But that, I'll that, look up the statistics. That, yeah, that, so as the blown saves list. The Red Sox weren't even in the top five. Yeah. And I think that all they've signed this offseason so far is relievers. But it was Rays, Marlins, Brewers, which the Brewers had freaking Josh Hader for the first half of the year. They had 30 blown saves. The Cubs had 30 blown saves. They really didn't have a closer. And then the Rangers at 29. And then coming at number six is the Red Sox and Pirates at 28. So the Red Sox adding well, a, 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 I would say a bona fide closer. Jansen is still, he's getting up there in age. He's still a bona fide closer. Yeah. Uh, he He's 35, so he'll turn 36 next September. Two years, $32 million, not a bad deal uh, for him or the Red Sox. Last one, we won't touch much on it because we're kind of heartbroken about it. Uh, Wilson Contreras goes to the Cardinals for five years, and there's Michael smacking his mic off because he doesn't want to talk about it. Five years, $87.5 million to the Cardinals. Kind of an F you to the Cubs after what they did to him. Uh, right. That's 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 he's, on he's the Cubs. He's been with the Cubs man. since he was 16 years. He's been with the Cubs for 16 years, 15, 16 years. He came as an international yeah. prospect at the age of 16 years, 15, 16 years old. All he knows is Cubs, baby. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to stay with the team. He he was crying uh, during the trade deadline, right? Wasn't he? Yes. Uh, within that final so, week, he didn't know when his final at bat yeah. was. And the day of the deadline, he was in Wrigley, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And came, mm-hmm. up to, came up to in the ninth inning batting and was crying. Yep. So uh, he wanted to be with the team. Here's my, what I'll say. Best of luck to you, Willie. I hope you have an incredible career. I hope you go to the Hall of Fame. I want you to be the best catcher in the league, except when you play the Cubs. And I hope you strike out every freaking time you come to the plate. I hope uh, just that, looked it up. Yeah, Jorge Lopez was ah. the closer. And then it shifted to Felix Bautista after he left um, for the Orioles. But uh, Jorge Lopez with the Orioles had a ERA plus of 241, a FIP of 2.9, 168 ERA in 48 innings. So that's who got traded to the Twins. Taylor and Tyler Rogers, Twins and Giants. Uh, Yeah, and then um, I think they traded Rogers. The the Twins traded there. To the Padres. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, Very beginning. Then they traded. Yeah, and then he got traded to the Brewers, I think, for Hader. Um, so that's who's already really signed the big guys so far. Who's left? We're going to go with Carlos Correo, Xander Bogarts, uh, Dansby Swanson, Carlos Rodon. That's like your top tier. The second tier would be Chris Bassett, Brandon Nimmo, Kode Senga. <laughs> I know I listed 
Bass hitting him on the top as well. Uh, Nathan Avaldi, Andrew Benatendi, Michael Conforto, Brandon Drury, Noah Syndergaard kind of in Tier 3, and then Michael Brantley, Trey Mancini, J.D. Martinez, who I think Trey Mancini actually ends up back with the Orioles, Craig Kimbrell, and then Dom Smith on like that fourth tier of uh, free agents left to go. The big deal is going to be where does Carlos Rodon end up? Probably, I would say the Yankees yeah. or the Giants at this point. I would say the, um, the Yankees are going to pony. I, I don't know. I say that, but they just spent three hundred and sixty million dollars on Aaron Judge. But they need so they need a, another pitcher. Well, so I thought he was going to go to the Mets, and then they signed Verlander, and I don't know if he'll be heading that rate that route. Um, I don't know what he and does. I don't, it's going to be a a really tricky deal and a tricky market for Rodon. I think it's either the Yankees or back to San Fran. So it's kind of like the judge thing there. But uh, who knows? Maybe a t- another team comes out and surprises us. The big deal is going to be shortstop. Where do Bogart, Swanson, and Correa go? Who yeah, signs I, who? I can't um, believe we'll, that Turner. I thought Turner, Turner signing was going to be the dominoes of shortstops. And it's been two or three right. days already. Uh, it's been it's been more than forty eight hours, I believe, because it happened on Monday. Come on, and we're now on. We're almost into Thursday, uh, so yeah, incredible stuff on like where those three are going to go because that's really the rest of the off season, and then from there, I think the dominoes really start to fall. There's been rumors the Cubs might try to sign Xander Bogarts and Dansby Swanson. There may be Both. Carlos Correa. Uh, I heard that they were down the road on that one. Uh, the Dodgers are out on Carlos Correa because of the um, the, the scandal back in 2017. Uh, but that I think not a homer here, but I think the Cubs are a major player in this shortstop market, and they may be the determining factor on where the dominoes fall from here. Right, because the Cubs are involved in all three. Um, right. I think they fo- the fallback is Swanson because he's not the impact bat that Correa and Bogarts would be. Um, Correa and Bogarts both have the glove to play shortstop, but they can also easily transition to third base if Swanson came as well. Um, that would be that would be a, a absolute game, team changing you know momentum if they were to to mm-hmm. land both those guys, both two of the three. Um, yeah, I I would I would love a Bogart Swanson. I I'd feel more comfortable having Dansby if it came with the Xander yes. price tag as well. Uh, but of the three, I'm hoping for Xander. I think that's the least likely of the three. I probably go with Correa, Swanson, Bogarts in the likelihood in that order for the Cubs. Um, where do you think they sign? I think well first my I think my likelihood I'm 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 a Cubs fan so I set myself up for disappointment. I think it's going to be Swanson Bogarts, you know, Swanson Correa Bogarts as a likelihood. Even though my my want is the backwards. Um I right. think I think Swanson ends up with the Cubs. I think Bogarts goes back to the Red Sox for some reason and Correa goes where the money is. And I don't know if that's San, Di- San Diego, if that's... I don't know where Correa ends up if he's not with the Cubs. There's been rumors... I think it might be the Twins. I think those are the two teams that I would... I don't even think he'll go to the Yankees. I think it's the Twins and the, the Cubs. The Yankees are out, say, they are out on, on him for the same reason the Dodgers are. They don't think their fan base yeah. would accept him. Right. 
But because that was the big year. That was the seventeen. The Cubs year. were linked to him last year too, so I I wouldn't be surprised if he ends with the Cubs. Uh, it's either I here's how it's either the Cubs get Correa or they get both Sander and Swanson is what in my mind happens. But I think it's more likely Correa goes to the Cubs. I think Bogarts ends up going to San Diego. <laughs> Can you imagine that, Correa, that conversation? Hey, Correa, we'll, we're going to sign you, buddy. All right, let's just let us stop some I's and cross some T's. And then they're able to convince Bogarts and Swanson. <laughs> hey, Correa. Hey, buddy. Hey. <laughs> Uh, and I think Dansby actually ends up in L.A. with the Dodgers. I think that that's going to be Trey's replacement. Uh, They've got bats, so that makes sense. They need they could right. use a glove first guy over there. And Trey's glove was kind of rough in the playoffs for the Dodgers and lost them. I think a game or two versus the Padres. So that's okay. Or at, at least put them behind. <laughs> yeah, uh, not not complaining. Uh, <laughs> but that's how I think that'll play out. We'll see. It's still very interesting. Um, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be kind of kind of a crazy. I think those are the three that's holding everything up. But uh, from there, the other name, do you have like I, I think the most interesting name isn't one of those four. It's Kodai Senga. Like, what is he? Where's he gonna go? Still a lot of teams on him. The Mets supposedly are still in on him. The Rangers are still potentially in on him. Toronto, Seattle, the Giants, the Padres, the Cubs. Um, what what's your thought i think feeling. there's three teams i think if judge were to sign san francisco he was going there i think we've talked about that before um san diego i know you darvish is there they've got the shortstop kim there as well mm-hmm. um so you darvish is i think is is talking to sanga and saying hey things are great here in san diego but also i did enjoy my time in chicago I have heard those reports that you Darvish is telling that, hey, he did enjoy Chicago. Um, so I really think Senga, I, I want as I say it, of course, setting myself up for disappointment again, I'm saying it. Senga is going to end up in Chicago. But then as I say it, I can just see the report. San Diego Pirates signed Kode Senga. Yeah, well, that'll be a very interesting one. The, the rest of them, I mean, do you have anyone that you would love to see outside of him on the Cubs or like, I think he's that missing. Of course, Rodon at the Cubs opened up. I think Rodon could be a number one. He has been injury riddled. I think a lefty pitcher, the Cubs don't have lefties. They don't have lefty. Mm -mm. So I think outside of steel, that's all they got. I think he'd be a great piece to come to the Cubs. Um, I, I think he's probably more preferred than Senga. Just because we know what we're getting with Rodon. A known commodity. Yeah. Right. Um, otherwise, outfielder-wise of what we talked about in our tiers. I don't think J.D. Martinez would be terrible as a DH. No. I don't think he'd be terrible for the right price. Um, he had the last few years in, in, in Boston weren't great. But if he could just settle down as a DH... And maybe he mm-hmm. learned from a few years. I just got a baseball notification. Son of a bitch. Xander right. Bogarts to the Padres. 11 years, 280 million. What did I just say? <laughs> what did I just say? Literally five minutes ago. I just, uh, I just, I just got, got the, the notification. Xander to the Padres. 11 years, 280. Son of All right, a so, bitch. So as I uh, open up our app, and I'm, we're going to... Post this live on Instagram as you uh, are doing So I'll doing talk this. about it here as you're doing that. Yeah. So 
I think that now the dominoes are going to quickly fall. I think Correa signs within 24 hours. Boga or and then Swanson, the booby prize of shortstops, will sign as well. Uh, maybe he draws it out just to get a little bit more money. But I think the line is in the sand now. Bogart signs. The Red Sox fan Tommy is going to be absolutely crushed. He had his heart set on this. Now his only heart is to Devers extension. But man, Bogarts to the Padres. There it is. There's the graphic. We had it made up already. Ready to go. We had an idea that this could potentially be happening. So uh, what did I do? I literally just said it. Did I not? Right? Damn it. Literally just said it. Uh, that sucks for as a Cubs fan. but uh, And Red Sox fan. <laughs> right. But so to me, you know what this means is I think that that means that they're going to try to get out of uh, the contract with uh, Tatis. I think they may try to void that contract because of his well, issues. He played a lot of outfield when, in the past. In the past he year, he could go to center field because that's where Profar was. He but, played. He actually, because in fantasy, um, I had I was able to slot him in the outfield. I had Tatis in two thousand twenty-one on my team. I had him as a minor leaguer. Um, I was able to slot him in the outfield, and then that was a big value going into twenty twenty-two. Is that he played enough in twenty-one to qualify for the outfield in twenty twenty-two? Of course, he didn't play at all. Um, thankfully, I made the great general manager move of not re-signing him for the high price tag, and I signed Bryce Harper instead. Hasha, let's go. Um, but I, th- I, I mean, for what you say, I don't think Tatis doesn't fit anymore. He's still not, but now he's pushed to the outfield. Machado's at third base, so Bogarts can't slide over there. You got Kim, who's now sliding to second. So Bogarts is now being looked at as the long-term shortstop. For I mean, eleven years, they've got Tatis for two hundred eighty. So I, I don't I know Tatis was over three hundred, but so two talk about eleven years two eighty. Turner just got eleven thirty three hundred. So uh, a little bit less than that. What do you think that means for Carlos Correa? Oh, that's not a good sign if you're a Cubs fan. Um, if you're trying to get him on a shorter high AV, six years two fifty two eighty. Um, give him the, I don't care. Give him, give him that. Give him the same dollar amount to 280 at six years. Just do it. I mean, what's that? For six years? Uh, No, maybe eight. (laughs) So 280 (laughs) divided by six would have been, holy, okay, back, 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 let's back up. That's (laughs) 46.6. Yeah, yeah. That'd be the highest paid uh, player ever. 288 Uh, is 35 million. That's... That's now with you know, hey, eight years from now, thirty-five million is gonna be nothing. So right, so, whew, wow, uh, that was that was crazy. You heard it here live. Well, it was live for us. You're gonna hear it after it actually happened. Uh, but we were literally podcasting when this happened, um, and I just hit the share Post. button. Uh, and post so you should get the notification here shortly so that kind of changes the next uh thought on that so it's probably carlos correa in my mind for the cubs like i said the next 24 hours so correa is not to the cubs here here's my thought give correa 200 over six years that's 33 is that not what uh bogart no bogart's got less than that okay That'll make him a higher average annual salary than Turner, 
and Bogarts, and he'll go back to free agency potentially at the age of 35 where he can make more money. And at that point, who knows what baseball is going to be like money-wise. And, so. and money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So don't don't lock yourself in with the economy right now. Go ahead and right. get that same high average annual value and set yourself would you go if you push yourself two more years that's 37 no one's going to sign you for money at 37 no unless you're justin verlander right well yeah you're not going to be able to pitch you're at that point right (laughs) your body uh but uh yeah a couple more other free agents that are kind of i think the one that's such a shock i'm I'm just The one that flies under the radar, or I think would be the most under the radar, but smart signing would be Craig Kimbrell. Uh, dude was a stud for the first half of last year, got traded to the White Sox, and then he got traded to a team he probably didn't want to be with. I don't know if he wanted to be with the Dodgers last year. Well, even the White Sox. Year. The White Sox traded for him and right. used him not in his his right. class of, classic role. Do you have a, a player on the list that is probably an underrated player on your mind that you would like to see sign? Andrew Benatendi was a great guy one year with the Red Sox. Conforto, he was the same as Schwarber. He was tied to the Cubs in that draft year. But my guy is in your Tier 3, Brandon Drury, mm-hmm. who was drafted out of high school um, with the Braves, traded to the Diamondbacks, and he came up. Is that the Dan- was that the Dansby Swanson trade? Was that the Dansby Swanson trade? Let's, I, let's look at that. Um, but he the, went the, to Arizona as a first baseman, I believe. And was overshadowed. I think he's a little too early for Dansby then. Uh, He may have been one of the Teheran. No, Teheran was traded later on than that too. Uh, Well, he looks that up. What what I'm thinking is. In the minors, he went to, um, he hit 300. He hit for a little bit of power. And I don't think he ever got that chance. Because of Goldschmidt? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, That'll be an interesting um, signing as well. I I know Cincinnati fans loved him here and hated to see him get traded to the Padres, but it is what it is. The one thing that scares me is I don't think he had a really breakout year until this year. Every other year was kind of like, I think he <laughs> played in 51 games last year with the Mets and then only hit four bombs. So January 24th, 2013, the Braves traded Brandon Drury along with Martin Prado, Randall Delgado, Nick Ahmed, and Zeke Zubru for Justin Upton and Chris Johnston. I remember that year. Justin Upton, when they signed him. Did they get BJ first or Justin first? They got BJ first, and then they got Justin afterwards. Sorry, it was BJ. It's now Melvin. Melvin. Melvin Upton Jr. (laughs) Yes. But, I mean, that's not an awful trade that the Braves did for Justin. Chris Johnson was a good third baseman for them. For Drury, mm-hmm. Martin Prado was still all right. Randall Delgado, and he was... ended up with the uh, Braves again, didn't he? Prado, Prado, did he go back to the Braves. Did he go that? back? I'm not and sure. Delgado, Delgado was one of those arms that they weren't sure because he was part of the whole, I think, uh, Dempster trade. Dempster trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he uh, was supposed to be a stud for him, and, and just didn't, didn't Nick Ahmed, Nick Ahmed turned out as a good shortstop. He's been prospect a great for them. defensive, and he put some power into his bat here as of recent years. So. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think Drury's an underrated. I, I'm not giving him three years and forty three million like Mitch Haniger just got. He might. I think be, he's Haniger might just set the bar there because Haniger wasn't right. all that special either. No, no. 
but that's what's pretty much left in free agency. You just heard Xander Bogarts heading to the <sighs> San Diego Padres. What did I say? Right, like five minutes before that. What I'm did taking you say, my What did you say? I said that Bogarts probably heads to the Padres. That tells me that Dansby's going to the Dodgers because they're going to have to counteract that and that uh, the Cubs are going to get Correa. If Correa doesn't go to the Cubs, it's probably the uh, Twins, but... I think that's what there's. Uh, that's all going to settle out. Get your folks. Whew. So, uh, real quick, the NL, uh, the MLB draft uh, lottery was last night. That was the first time that's ever happened before. Um, I think the MLB dropped the ball on that one, buddy. Yeah, I was. I was. I we we talked about going live on Instagram for it and talking about it. And then I jumped into it like, hey, let's do let, let's do this. It's the first one. I remember I, it's kind of the idea like if you don't remember, if you don't, weren't watching it, you don't remember it, you know. So mm-hmm. I pulled out a, I pulled out a specific bottle, um, was expecting to talk about, you know, hey, here's pick by pick, who's getting what. And the MLB botched it. I mean, it was seconds that they went for, through, picked 18 through 8 or through 7. <laughs> Yeah, I hopped no on the live, and you were like, "They're already at 12. and I was like, "What?" Yeah, it was that was poorly done. Another the, the guy that you know, num- so spoiler number one overall was the Pirates, and they had a representative mm-hmm. from each team stand- sitting at its own table with a hat from their team. And when the Pirates guy got number one, he was just like, "Cool, Dump, just this straight is fine. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is fine." Like. <laughs> Uh, it's it's like they did it so fast that nobody in the room had an idea what was going on. That was awful. Uh, well, they they could have really played this up big time, but they didn't, and that's the the sad part of this whole thing. Um, and again, MLB drops the ball on what could have been a fantastic event, and just just didn't come through. Uh, Pittsburgh picking number one, Washington picking number two, the Tigers will be three, uh, Texas four, as we mentioned earlier in the pod, and then Minnesota jumped up from what, position 13 to 13. five? That was a- the biggest move and biggest win. No one really dropped too much, but the Twins really moved up. And then Oakland Athletics, they dropped the most. They went from three to six, uh, and they will be picking sixth in the uh, in the MLB draft in 2023. So the big news, Xander Bogarts is heading to the San Diego Padres on an 11-year, $280 million deal to be with Padres. This puts him with Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, and all the other talent with Joe Musgrove. Uh, and, still watching, and still watching the World Series from their couches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This, this may... The de- so you're basically putting Xander in there for Yerkes and Profar, and Xander is, is he can hit home runs, but he also hits mm-hmm. for good average. Mm-hmm. So, uh, major move out here tonight uh, for the Padres. So that's really all we've got. Free agency. We've already gone. Thank you to everyone who's stuck yeah, around. To buckle up for the next twenty four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, major big major move as uh, he's heading to the Padres wow uh 
For those of you looking ahead to the next couple of weeks in uh, Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast's life, we're looking at more bourbon and whiskey reviews, so check out those. We'll have a couple more of those down the line. Free agency news. We just had one drop live. You're going to have probably read about it at this point, or if not, you heard it live here on Barrels and Barrels. Uh, But watch out. As Michael just said, more dominoes likely to fall. Uh, and then we'll probably have a Get to Know Us podcast. Why are Mikey and I baseball fans? Why are we Cubs fans? Ba- bourbon fans um, and all of that. So look for that coming up. Uh, as far as Instagram, Michael, yours is underneath your name on our YouTube channel if you're watching us here. But for those of you who are tuning in on Apple or Spotify, Amazon, where can they find you? Uh, on Instagram, of course, I am BNB underscore Burns. And on Twitter, it's Burns BNB. So just if you search for BNB Burns of some kind, you'll find me. And I am whiskey underscore weather. Go vote. Go vote for me in the uh, <laughs> bourbon finds uh, bracket, which is currently underway on Instagram. So just search bourbon finds on Instagram and you should be able to vote for me in the stories. Uh, as far as our Instagram as a page, which we just put out that Xander Bogart's post uh, at barrels and barrels pod. Uh, DM us and hey, here's our call. If you are listening to this, we've been going for about an hour and 30 minutes. Thank you for staying with us. This is one of our longer podcasts, but uh, a lot of news and a lot going on here. Um, thanks for listening. Email us, uh, barrels and barrels at gmail.com. Uh, and maybe if you do, uh, I'll send a sticker to you for, yeah. hey, if you're listening out. at this point, got through this baseball, juicy baseball stuff that we've been going through the winter meetings are fun if you email us at our gmail and i'll and i'll send you a, a sample of this foolproof if you want it that's a good deal that's a good deal so yeah please and if you have any comments we'd love to hear them so yeah that's a call for emails here uh an hour and 32 minutes into the podcast if you're still listening we'd love to know that give us feedback you like this you don't like that and that's another call to please rate and review us on spotify apple podcasts and anything along those lines. We are now on Amazon as well. You can watch us on YouTube, Barrels and Barrels, and we're on Twitter, Barrels and Barrels, Facebook.com slash Barrels and Barrels Pod. We also have a link tree to search Barrels and Barrels. Again, listen to us, Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeart, and Amazon. Mm. Thank you, as always, for listening. You guys are what make us uh, great. You guys are why we do this, because we love you guys, and we love talking baseball. So, again, thank you so much. Sander Bogart heading to the San Diego Padres. 11 years, $280 million. <sighs> Both Michael and I are brokenhearted. But thank you for listening to Barrels and Barrels and maybe even watching. This has been a Bourbon and Baseball Podcast, Episode 11. That's all I have to say. Michael, take us away. Let's go. This is Barrels and Barrels, a Bourbon and Baseball Podcast with your host, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns.